What's going on with dance and stuff? What's happening with dance and things? What's going on? What's happening? What's going on with dance and stuff? Now. Now. Recording now. Here we are. Hi, Will. It's Wednesday evening here in New York City. Correct. Uh, it's, we had a warm day today. It was cool. It felt like fall is here and then it looks on the weather as if it's not. I know. It was really cold. Um, upstate, we had like some 35 degree days, some real cold. And now it is, um, but today felt like a very nice warm day. And I took a walk for the first time in like weeks, though I felt, I almost felt, um, having Lyme is definitely not the same as cancer and going through chemo. Um, <laughs> but I did feel on the walk back that I was maybe going to have to lay down. But I... What, what is, what's making you tired? The Lyme or the antibiotics? I think both. And they have really run my immune system down. And so I am going through just different gross stuff um, that will require me uh, going and seeing more doctors. Um, so I've had to like line that up because I went to urgent care and it was that same, I saw the same doctor who misdiagnosed the Lyme twice and, uh, it's gross what I have going on. It's like a skin thing. And I don't really think I believe his diagnosis. So I am going to go see, uh, I had to see a different doctor and, um, I'll find out more tomorrow. Do you think that he knew you didn't believe him? Do you think no, that- I did say, you know, it, it was Lyme. It, it wasn't staph. Uh-huh. And he was like, oh, wow, it looked like it. And it was getting so much better. And I was like, right, but it turned into a bullseye rash that went past my hip bone. Um, but did he see did he see at the bullseye? No, but he saw the rash and the and I looked at some other photos of some tick bites post that and I was like, yep, that's what mine looked like. So uh, as my therapist said, I don't because I'm it's it's like a, a kind of breakout on my scalp that's very painful and my occipital gland is swollen and this gland behind my ear and it's like lesions and uh uh, he was like, I think it's, um, ringworm. And I was like, I don't know how I would have gotten that. Ringworm. How does one get that? You get that from, it's generally like a thing kids get. It's like passed by other kids and it creates like a bald patch generally on the head or it can be, you know, it's a kind of fungal infection. He was like, you've been on antibiotics now for four weeks because you were on Bactrim for 10 and now Doxy for over two weeks. And, um... So, uh, but I, my, as my therapist said, I don't think this guy is a good litmus of any shape that's a circle. Um, and it's not really a circle what these wounds are like. It's just, but it's quite painful. And, but also my immune system is run down because I'm on, I'm on doxycycline and it's, you know, my second course of antibiotics after having been on Bactrim. And I also have Lyme, which is really no joke. It's really, uh, makes you feel like total garbage. Uh, it's, it's rough. It's a real rough one. Well, I always like to think that the best way to deal with sickness and exhaustion and pain is to try to not think about it. Yes, which is why I'm glad that I decided to 
keep teaching because it's those are times when I get to just focus on that. And mm-hmm. I, I certainly took a note from your playbook on that of just, just keep going. Yes. Keep going, distract yourself with enjoyable things, try to stay comfortable. I mean, you know, I do absolutely no Googling of the thing you think you might have. I have really done that. In that is, I know you have. And that is like the most anxiety inducing thing you can do. Did you do that? Absolutely not. I learned nothing. You didn't, you didn't Google at all. That's not true. I remember you Googling for one part. I don't recall, but I did very little internet learning about what was going on with me. And that's my, that's my tendency to not. I remember you watching videos of people who were going to live. No, I was watching videos about people who were using colostomy bags because I was curious about that. But that's not about feeling sick. That's just about like living with a piece of tenderloin on your belly. Incredible. Incredible. It's so good. It's so good to talk to you and be reminded of that. And and Lord knows we work in diametrically opposed emotional ways to illness, though I also have been ill more in my life. But you've been ill worse. So um, it's a tie. (laughs) It's not even a competition. And yet it's a tie. Is that amazing? In this non-competition, it's a tie. Yeah. Um, I did have a super enjoyable experience that I think we might save for um, Patreon content, which was uh, watching The Invisible Man. And I cannot wait to talk about that movie with you when you've watched it. Um, I've already watched it, John. Oh, wow. Well, well, ladies and gentlemen, if you become... A, a Patreon person, um, we will have uh, an Invisible Man review because Invisible Man does not fall under dance categories, which is uh, what we are currently in for our upcoming movie review. But before we get to that, how are you doing? I think I'm good. I uh, Things are getting done at studio. Um, well, we sent away costumes to Tyler Peck. I think we talked about that last week. Right, right. Um, and that all went well. They arrived in California and things fit. And um, I still like, I'm still not going to talk about exactly what it is until the show happens. Because I don't know if things are a surprise on the show. They might be. Um, you mean what Tyler's doing? Mm-hmm, what Tyler's doing. Okay. And then... Well, because you're also involved in another project with Jeremy. That is that is a, a NDA agreement. <laughs> no, you know, secret, secret, uh, what have right. you. When, when someone asks me to sign an NDA, I immediately don't want to talk to them. Is that, a, is that weird? <laughs> um, no, it's you don't like being controlled or feeling like anyone's controlling you. Like, right. I don't think anyone really wants that, but you super are adverse to that. But also like when someone is like, oh, I'm, I'm thinking about this thing that's going to require an NDA. I'm like, you are full of shit. <laughs> like if you think whatever you're doing is that important or that secretive, you're out of your mind. Um, yes. Well that I really do. I do. I, I don't think you're out of your mind for that at all. It's really like, um, look at the world on fire and uh 
everything else is kind of like um, hopefully enjoyable as much yeah. as it can be. And everything, you know, whatever. Everyone's sharing everything. Everyone's referring to everything. It's all going to be fine. Just, you know, talk to each other about your projects. Don't tell secrets to like evil producers or whatever. Right. Right. Um, what else is happening? School, my school is starting to intensify a bit as the semester goes on. Because I, I have, um, I don't have a regular schedule. There's one, one of my classes happens weekly, but then the rest of my classes happen as lectures periodically throughout the semester, five times, six times. And we started a writing course with Claudia Larocco this week, which was fun. And we, what else did we do? Oh, I had a really, really fun uh, um, portfolio um, consultation with Jillian Pena. She's my, uh, yeah, she's, I get to meet with her several times just to talk about Is Jillian your advisor? She's my portfolio teacher. I am so jealous. And it's really fun. We talk do. about someone that we have to have on the pod. Oh, we must. We met. Yeah. She told me the most amazing story about Anne Lavian, which is why I got inspired and wanted to watch that film that we'd watched previously from Germany. Oh, yes. Yes. Everybody has this responsibility to respond. Anne Liv was taking this class with Jillian. Jillian and I were talking about a specific teacher that I have right now at school who taught both of them when they were doing the MFA at Holland. And it's not to the but it's one of the Jeremy, you'll have to cut that. I'll just clap there and uh, we'll, let, we'll let Jeremy figure it out. I mean, did Jillian tell you that story in a public way? You'll just bleep, bleep the beginning of it and cut the rest. Well, it can be like, Jillian told me the most amazing story. And then it'll be like, cut to me bleep. being like, did Jillian say you could tell that story? And you saying no. And me being like, well, Asia and other, that's been cut. Um, Isn't so, it fun to talk through our edits of the pod whilst in the pod? It's very meta. I mean, um, it's just a real like... It's, it's, it is incredible to me. I mean, and that does really speak to why you so wouldn't want to sign an NDA because you you (laughs) absolutely (laughs) want to say whatever it is you want to say at at any given time. I think more than anyone I've met in my entire life. The urge is strong. Um, I know. I wonder what that is for you. I mean, there's no way to psychoanalyze it because I think it's just how you are. Oh, I also... No filter. Oh, this week, so interesting. I got news that the um, music director from the American Boy Choir School is not doing very well for my time at the Boy Choir School. And I have Um, a very weirdly deep kind of spiritual relationship to this person. I mean, I, I don't have any relationship to this person physically or at this point. Like, I... I've had very little contact with this person since I was 13 years old, but I still dream about this person and, um, you know, getting news that they are maybe not going to be alive for much longer felt really heavy. And then in Claudia's writing class, we did some exercises and it was really sad. I really like wrote through it and felt really, really sad. So that's sad. That's a sad thing. That is sad. And I'm, I'm sorry in advance has there been a timeline on that or it's just no but he's starting to forget right and so we've been instructed to write letters and send photos and things i'm sorry reed yeah it's okay it's weird like i it's it's strange it's strange how like powerfully i feel for this person um well it was a very a sort of 
formative parental feature and probably someone who taught you things around structure and uh, behavior modeling. So not only that, but like taught me the value of excellence, of rigor and of like passion for something. Yeah. And, and actually like was so skilled in achieving that with, with young men that we got to be a part of something really extraordinary, like through, through his guidance. So, um, I mean, he's like a revered music educator and and, and, and conductor. What's his name? Amongst them, his name is James Lytton. Let's all send James a lot of really great shimmering light, yeah. ladies, gentlemen, and other. Yeah, I don't have, if I like think back, I don't have anyone like that. Um, just my sister, which I can't imagine. It's been very, I will say the last couple of days... I've definitely been weepy because I feel like shit and I physically feel so uh, weakened that I feel like vulnerable in a totally crazy way. But I've also felt really um, like just these moments of like heartbreaking, staggering, like I, this of the world that we're in because of a government that didn't stop this plague sooner. Uh, it feels, it feels like we FaceTimed with Paige a couple nights ago and I'd like, could barely speak. I just wanted to cry. It's, I feel really glad that I've been able to see you and that I've seen Daniel and I've seen Parker, but it's like, there's these people who I haven't seen and, um, who are very close to me and it's such a decontextualized time. Probably it feels less so for you because you're in the city and navigating it and seeing, you know, getting to see people socially distanced, wearing a mask, going to work. You could come to the city. Well, I might. I might for when Jeremy and you are going to work together. I think I'm going to come back mm-hmm. for that week. Good. I think it'll be good for you to like be in more energetic yes well the you know the whole the issue as well now is that my immune system is depleted both from the Lyme and the doxy so that's another wonderful thing this week was the release of the new season of pen 15 i haven't watched any of it so you can't talk about it i have i can't watch it i mean i have to watch it i can't wait they are two of the most extraordinary actresses on television i they should win all the awards it's amazing. I was really happy watching. I watched the Emmys. Can you believe it? And um, Watchmen won for like almost everything. I mean, and I saw that Shit's Creek swept comedy. Yes. So Shit's Creek great. and Watchmen. I mean, two excellent shows with excellent casts. Um, it's great. It was really. It was really tremendous. And one of the creators of Watchmen, when they won, thanked his therapist. Oh, which I really and and said therapy should be free in America. And I thought that is absolutely true. Yeah. Yeah. A show that I just started watching, which I'm loving, that also has feels in the in that universe is Lovecraft Country and which is on HBO of um, looking at America's racism uh, paired with sci fi. It's uh, 
it's incredibly smart, incredibly smart, incredibly well acted, incredibly written, incredibly shot show. I've seen that. I have not seen Pen15 and I've only seen the first three dances of um, Dancing with the Stars. I only... I've, I've only seen the two of the second episode. You just saw Neve and Sky. Yeah, and I saw Sky, Sky mess up and grab Alan's What hair about when they showed it in slow motion? <laughs> and she kept grabbing his hair. I actually went back and watched it a couple times. Well, because we were we were eating, which is already a feat in and of itself for me right now. And I feel like I can absolutely somehow keep my eyes deadlocked on a screen while eating, where Jeremy absolutely will look down at his food. Mm. Um, probably because he enjoys food, and at this moment in time, I I don't know what I'm shoving in, and. Um, <laughs> Cause I'm just so fucking nauseous all the time. And, uh, I, he missed it. And so when it played back, I was like, look, look, it's going to happen. And they, it was in slow motion of her grabbing Alan's black mane of thick hair. And uh-huh. what was incredible was it looked like his hair didn't move. It didn't. After it was over, it was, did nothing had changed. So he must really slack it. Well, he has incredibly, yeah. like, curly hair, so in order yeah. to get it into that shape, there's some glue required. Yeah. Oh, wow. It was really, it was amazing. Um, and I felt it was so fierce that she made sure to not fall and grabbed his hair. I was like, <laughs> absolutely. I was like, she should get sevens just for that. Wait, do we know who got kicked off last week? Is that like a... No, I haven't. I mean, it's, yeah, it's been... It happened in the show. It's just you and I haven't <laughs> gotten there yet. Wait, it happens during the episode? Yes, girl. Oh, Remember how Tyra the week before was like, and next week two of our contestants will be eliminated. Boo-hoo. <laughs> <laughs> she is wild. She is arriving in these her. like sculptures. I love her so much. You haven't seen it yet, but Johnny... What's his name? Weir. Weir. Um, Johnny Weir's routine is uh, to poker face and he talks about how much he loves Lady Gaga and everything. And Tyra asked him some question that I can't remember, but the way she asked it was, it was, she asked it with like the flattest tonality ever. Like it was just like, Mm. and you love her so much and isn't that great for you? Like it just, (laughs) it had this real, like, it was so tremendous. I loved it. Her smize um, bit at the beginning was not very funny. Um, I was fine with that. I was really irritated with the two male judges commenting on Neve's chest hair. Now, I was just going to say, I was like, it, I think it's very cultural. Like, ballroom dance culture does not have chest hair. Well, get over it. I was just like, this weird, it was so weird. Yeah. I just was like, can you please stop talking about yeah. Neve's chest hair? That he need, like, he needs to, like... Bruna being like, you need to manscape it. I was like, queen, just because you like wax your whole body. It totally. Does, but Tyra was like, was like, I want to come over and grab it. I know. I was like, thank you, Tyra. Like, yeah. for having some body positivity on this show. I was really irritated with this two male judges, Bruno and whoever that other guy is. Derek Huff. Oh, whatever. Oh. Big whatever. Um, I can't. We'll have Neve on the podcast and ask him how he felt about it. I know. Neve has a tremendous amount of face makeup on when he's doing his 
performances. I want to ask all about the production. I want to ask about costumes and fittings and makeup. And I'll ask. I'll send him a text after this and be like, I saw your dance. I'm sorry to text the day of I have line. He's um, so good. It's amazing. I feel like he was like practicing or I don't know how he got so good. Well, he grew up watching New York City Ballet and like going to that all the time and you know, it's just, it gets in your body. He's Everyone knows you just have to go to New York City Ballet 10 times and you You just can have dance. to watch a dance or two and then you're a dancer. Just watch a dancer do. Watch a dancer do. That's another um, t-shirt that we can come out with. Watch a, watch a dancer do, dance and stuff. Watch a dance or do. Watch a dance or do. Oh yeah, it can really, it can really tilt over into that. I'm sad that you're not watching Raised by Wolves. What's that? It's that Ridley Scott show I keep telling you about on HBO Max that you don't have. We don't have HBO Max. Um, another thing I wanted to tell you about. Wait, we don't have it? I don't have HBO Max? Just... No, because you, you have an old Apple TV. Oh, I have Lime. wounds on my scalp. I almost went uh, to the ER last night. Can you imagine? Yeah. It's very, that's very... Would you ever go to the ER? I've been several times. Why did you go? Oh, gosh. Okay. So one time when I was right at the beginning of cancer treatment, I thought my um, body was going to explode from constipation. And so I had to go to the ER because my body was in fact about to explode because my tumor would not let any solid waste out because it had expanded. Mm -hmm. So they put in a stent. That was one ER. Then a week later, I could feel it happening again. So I just walked into the ER calmly. <laughs> that was more like, I know what's happening. This is what it right. Then um, I had a um, crippling pain that I thought was my appendix exploding, but it was in fact uh, kidney stones. Did you have kidney stones during cancer? Yes, I had it uh, right up. Uh, couple weeks before my not the resection before the reversal of my colostomy and i was like i am gonna be fine you have to give me my surgery but they were like let's push your surgery date back i was like absolutely not um but yes i did have kidney stones that had to pass and so i had some some searing knife stab pain for a week wow and you went to the er and they were like you have kidney stones good luck no, at the ER, they were like, we don't know what's happening. They, they even like took a scan and didn't know. And then I, I went to, I went to my doctor. He was like, well, it's probably kidney stones. And then I went to the urologist and the urologist looked at the very same scans that the ER people had seen and said, there's a kidney stone. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a cautionary tale about the ER. I mean, they have a lot to deal with, so they're not experts at anything. Right. Which is really how I feel about these five visits that I did at the urgent care, where I had like one visit that got me on the right medication and everything else I think has been a real wash. Um, I've also been to the ER for a variety of finger hand wounds. Wow. How much is it when you go to the ER with your insurance? I don't remember. It's fine. Mine is $200. I mean, that seems fine. Yeah, it's not insane. If you're hearing like some kind of buzzing, there's now that it's cold outside, there's some of like the most gigantic, like there this kind of weird beetle that is like insane upstate. Like they're just sort of everywhere and they invade homes and 
Oh my god. This this house really can have them. So if Are they in the house? Oh yeah, I literally just watched it like slam from one wall and then be the loudest sound of the slammed into the other. So if it's coming up on the audio, I'm I'm sorry, it's so gross. It sounds like a, it sounds like a, a whoopee cushion. It's it sounds so loud in this house to me. Wow. And then it slams into the wall, which is, you can really hear it. And then it like drops down onto the floor and then moves around and slams into something else. Um, I've never, the only time I was ever taken to the ER was when I was a small child in Alaska in Anchorage. And I was coughing so much and couldn't stop and I couldn't breathe. So I was taken to the ER and the doctor uh, gave me some licorice and said, I'm just having too licorice. <laughs> <laughs> and there and you go. Good, I mean, candy is healing. Let me tell you what. Well, I really don't why, do it. I'm why a, were you in Alaska? At, have you ever? Wait, did you say you've never been to Alaska? I've not. No. I love it. It's a totally bizarre place. But why? Why were you there? Um, that's where my aunt lives. Oh, interesting. My yes, my mother's sister lives there. Who um, is also part of I mean, my mother's side. I've talked about this on this podcast before. It's a real psychic witchy moment um i mean like one of my i mean i love my aunt mary's really major i haven't seen her since i was nine but when my mother was dying there was a a woman who had come to do massage on my mother like while she was dying like to try and like have help her have a peaceful transition she was doing reiki but she ended up being also psychic and she was like um is your mother's sister dead she said does your mother have a sister i said yes and she said is she dead and i was like no and then we talked to my Aunt Mary and like put my Aunt Mary on the phone to talk to my mother because hearing is the last to go, they say, when you're dying. And we, I said to Aunt Mary, I was like, this, you know, this woman was here and she'd asked if you were dead. And she was like, what time? And she said, at that, at that time, I was trying to astral project into the room. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know. I know stories like that do not, like, it, they, they run into you like that bug into the wall. Exactly. But, <laughs> I, <laughs> they literally hit me and like fall straight to the, into the trash. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, when you die, you just want to be like burned into a pile of ashes and thrown into the garbage can. Mm-hmm. Isn't that what you said that episode? That was really iconic. That was that was absolutely iconic. What are you thinking about the world these days? I think I texted you like right around it. I mean, we were watching Jeopardy. And um, as, because, as you know, I've become like a, a person who wants to watch live television at 6.30 and 7. And, and Alex like, Trebek was like, the clue is most recently dead Supreme Court justice. He, so <laughs> that this thing will happen on Jeopardy where it'll cut to someone like the Sound of Music was a category recently. And it would cut to like an actor or whatever they are walking through that amazing i really wanted to call it salisbury steak austria um, <laughs> <laughs> um and uh you know she's walking around the garden or whatever and she's like this song was sung here and i'm like do me and so the the clue comes up and it's like the clue and all of a sudden it cuts to this reporter and, the, and he says ruth bader ginsburg has just died and i was like what kind of clue is this and and Jeremy and I were literally like, what, what kind of clue is this? And then we realized that it was breaking in on, you know, real time TV and wow. definitely went into shock. I do agree with the statements that have already been made by other people that if, 
if the country solely rests on one person, then what kind of country is it? Mm-hmm. Um, to which I would also say an incredibly hostily uh, racist, misogynist, queerphobic. I mean, it's this Supreme Court um, moment. And I knew, of course, that Mitch, that hideous, like, like birthed from the gases of hell, Mitch McConnell was going to be like, well, we have to get a man mm-hmm. right away. And um, we'll see. It's a real, um, it's just wild, Reed, my God. It's, it's, it's sort of not to be believed, this kind of confluence of events that have led to this. It's really like, it's very much Handmaid's Tale. Like, it's like, are we going there? Are we going to go further and further back? And and I do feel a great sense of, and I have, I feel this like really vertiginous 2016 feeling again of people being like, of the left being so divided uh, that it allows for the right, which works very cohesively to keep going forward. It's, it is amazing how the right will just come together. Well, yeah, they don't have any values. I mean, their values are to devalue everybody else except rich white people. So, um, yes, they, because their morals are so backwards and so antique and so janky, it's very easy for Janky. Them. One janky. of my favorite words. That full, is absolutely one of my favorite words. Yeah, full jank. They have absolutely no problem just just being like, yeah, whatever he said. I know I said something different yesterday, but it doesn't matter. As long as we stay united, we can bulldoze this country into absolute ashes. It really is that. I mean, it is like kind of amazing to hear to hear interviews on CNN where they're 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 talking to senators and they're being like, so you want to push a vote through on this thing, though, you know, four years ago, you said exactly the opposite. And then they go to tape and they show the person saying like, I absolutely don't believe, you know, a Supreme Court hearing can happen in this amount of time. It really needs to be left up to the people in the new presidency. And then seeing the exact opposite and like not even not even being embarrassed or admitting to their hypocrisy or having any kind of reasonable excuse. It's it's kind of it's amazing. It I think it is amazing is absolutely is absolutely the statement for it. Here's the here's the one thing I often keep try to look a little deeper to try to be like, but what's the math behind this? You know, what is the math? The difference is that when Obama was trying to get Garland through to the Supreme Court, the Senate was already Republican majority. So they were of the mind that, you know, it's our prerogative to make sure this liberal justice doesn't get confirmed. Right. Whereas now we have what continues to be a conservative Senate. And they're like, well, now it's our prerogative to absolutely confirm a conservative justice. So in that way, even though they're saying like, it should be left up to the people, you know, the Senate is meant to be a reflection of the people. So in that way, I do understand somewhat what they're saying. Sure. Well, and in that way, I, again, I'm like, so is that the reflection of the people? And is, does the left want to come together or does it want to not? And yeah, I, I think there's a lot of energy 
on both sides right now. And I think that it'll get a lot of people to the polls. So I really yeah, hope I, so. I really, really hope so. I, I mean, I think it's probably, it's likely to be the biggest election in history. I can't see how it wouldn't be. It's basically like we're, we're, we're moving towards a kind of war, you know, Oh, well, we're moving towards a kind of war on that. We're going to take a quick break. And um, when we come back, review a movie. God, I really now I'm desperate for licorice since you talked about that doctor in Alaska. Uh, Well, and you have that wonderful song, licorice, licorice, something, something licorice. Licorice, licorice, black, sweet licorice. Yes. Um, and it is good. I love that panda kind. Oh, I could go to a shop and get it after this. So the movie, which, uh, we alerted you all to is the original Suspiria. And, um, had you seen it, Reed? I had never seen it. Wow. You had never seen it. No. And? I, I, I wish I still had never seen it. And you wish that you had still never seen it. Tell me why you disliked it so much. It's such, again, to go back to this word, but it is such a janky movie. I mean, it's, God, it's such a mess. It's so, um, it's so, I don't, I mean, I'm sure it's intentionally camp in this like really uh, fakey kind of dumb, dumb horror kind of way. Um, I also found it in terms like overly, I think the sound was so aggravating that it was... You mean that it was dubbed? Well, the dubbing and also the music. I found the music so... Oh my God, I love uh, the music so much. So aggravating to, to the point where I was like, I don't know if I can watch this. Wow. Amazing. Yeah, it felt like a movie made by a man who is very naive and hates women. Oh, and hates women. You felt that he hated... Well, do you think all male horror directors hate or maybe they're obsessed with women but they're not interested in actually understanding Hmm. did you feel that what about it compared to the new suspiria in terms of that i would say that the first two-thirds of the new suspiria are a good movie that's like yes we've already said that right that's like that's very well made it's very stylish i would say like huge props to the whole art direction team right and the casting is impeccable as well right um so I would say that last third of the new Suspiria is equally terrible to the Argento. Film. Wow. Well, but, so the reasons that I have, the reasons I liked it when I first saw yeah, it. Yeah, I wanted, this is interesting to me. This will help. Uh, well, a of all, it's the, the color I think is stunning. I think the, the color of these sequences of these like rooms that they go into both in the, apartment building where the first murder happens um, to this ballet school that also has like a pool in it uh, that 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 wild hall that she walks down when she's probably being drugged and the woman shines like a, a knife in her face um, something that I, I really so I mean it was the film was written, but both by it was written by Dario Argento and Daria Nicol- Nicolodi, I think is how it's pronounced. And something that I think is 
interesting, and I might have talked about this in our first, and the one we reviewed, the 2018 Suspiria, is uh, Dario Gento really wanted to be 8 to 12-year-old girls. Wow. So the script is actually written for that age. So that when you take it to like that scene where um, Susie's sitting between the two ballerinas and they stick their tongues out at each other, Uh it's because they were supposed to be like nine-year-old girls. And I think I knew that before I saw the movie. Um, It's also part of the Jalo horror, uh, which means that you like really see the, the blood come out of the eye. It's like this style of horror that's, happening at that time and and very much around the these incredibly vibrant colors that um I appreciate all of that as well as I do enjoy the campness of it like when she's trying to go like she's doing a phrase that's like not a phrase across the floor and just passes out um I mean she's just doing like a, a classroom exercise over and over it's but she, it's, it looks like she's doing the grapevine or something. Do you know what I mean? It's like... It, I, well, I mean, it is like a faille, rembourse, whatever. So it is kind of like a grapevine. It's like a ballet grapevine. But ballet I mean, grapevine. <laughs> I mean, and then to have her... To have her, like, perched up on her toes before the actual fainting, like, up one last gasp up on her, like clearly untrained legs i was like this is crazy i was like this is so stupid looking i really loved all that it really made me laugh and um i do agree that i don't think it's a great movie i mean i don't think it's possession which is absolutely a fantastic movie but i felt like it's I do feel it's very impactful. I mean, it inspired the 2018 yeah. movie. And before that, it inspired me to make uh, I Want You to Want Me in 2016. It really did. It hasn't had an impact. What's weird about it is that it is, even though it centers itself in a dance school, there's very little dancing. Very, very little. There's very little dancing. That's absolutely true. Well, I think they realized that they weren't going to get dancers maybe or something like that right i mean they got some people who could do some ballet exercises right. and so they did that in a couple scenes like we got some ballet classroom scenes but <clears throat> what the new Suspiria did was like move it into more of a company dynamic which i thought was was more interesting because then you could see you know dances they're working on a performance of a dance it was and also funny and like a sim similarly i found the dancing funny in this other way except for the the death of uh olga yeah that was very i mean truly it's still one of the most horrific death scenes i've ever seen but that it's like paired to a kind of uh you know postmodern um uh, movement style was uh, I don't know postmodern actually maybe sort of more modern anyhow and also I love the music by Goblin I love that music mm-hmm. I love a synthy weird music but I also think I the version I watched on YouTube is just a really bad mix so I think it was overpowering dialogue and stuff and like the sound effects sounded so ugly like I I didn't I had trouble getting into it, but I think if I'd seen a a cleaner copy of it. Agreed. I, I mean that's why I feel so that's why I don't wanna show possession unless we can have a really like have people see it as clean as 
I have been able to see it because it is, it is such a, really one of the, the, the more perfect films. I also, in this Suspiria, I love uh, the headmistress. I think she's hilarious. She's good because she's sort of, <clears throat> she's so above it all. She's not even, it's almost like she doesn't know what movie she's in. <laughs> Truly. Love that. Love the idea of showing up to set like that. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I, I, yeah, I, I've also, I've seen other Argento horror films back in, in, in my day of when I was, you know, renting movies from TLA video on 8th street, which no longer existed, exists, but I, I enjoy, I, I enjoy the movie. I think it's really, I think it's, I do agree that it's campy. I also agree with you that it's not a great film. Yeah. And um it's but in terms of like cult horror it stands up it it does things that like pull you away from the suspense because they're so poorly done like the scene where the friend falls into the room with the barbed wire yes and she just like rolling around in it and you're like this could have been handled in a way where it would have actually been terrifying but like it's so absurd the like the way in which she was trying to get out of it i was like this is not this is not how it works. Yes, yes. Well, and I think that's why I can't probably watch it. Like, I couldn't watch a movie like Saw where someone falls into razor wire and is trying to, like, ease, like, gently get themselves out of it. Right. She was just literally rolling around on some, like, very comfortable wires. I mean, like, oh, my God. <laughs> like, back and forth and back and forth and back, not even, like, attempting to get to the door. I was like, this is insane yes yeah well i think that's that's of the time you know it's a it's a period piece in that way um but yeah there was some like fun costume choices like the dress with the shawl this that she arrives to school in her first day of school and she doesn't do you know what i wish i owned do you know how many times i've looked to see if there's someone who's made it on etsy what do you want i desperately want that peacock lamp (laughs) i think that peacock lamp which is made of like different you know crystals (laughs) just like carved glass we can make we can make it for you it is i think it is truly one of the most beautiful hideous objects i've ever seen in a film and i wish i owned it oh that movie the peacock lamp is so incredible that that movie's so weird well yeah it's it's totally weird i mean and it feels longer than it is yeah it's not long it's only 99 minutes but you know what i have to say that about the red shoes but the red shoes is like a real story oh it's so long i mean i don't know do you love that movie? Know. No, I don't care that much about no, it. No, me either. It just, I remember watching it and I was like, this is three hours long. They loved a long movie in the olden days, but they had all, you know, they had so much time. Yeah. Well, I mean, and in this way, supposedly we do now, but I don't feel that we do now because it really feels like this could be it. This could be the well, last I, year. Well, maybe. You know. That's why they're giving us a big vacation of life. It's a real, it's a real thing. So... So our score on this movie is your thumbs down. I'm definitely a thumbs down, but I'm I'm I'd actually be willing to watch it again if I could see a good copy of it. I am um I don't think it's it's I don't think it's a great movie, but I'm not thumbs down. I'm kind of I'm in the camp of I think it's an important f- dance film. 
because I do think it's been so inspirational and has been drawn from uh, in many different ways. Okay. And this idea of uh, the kind of, of some, you know, some darker, nefarious, uh, magical force happening alongside of a ballet school. I mean, of course, we'll watch Black Swan and another another movie that I've used. Well, not even used. It was, I mean, Quan Company. We just full out read the script of it in a far more. And in both of them, I find what's in terms of that, you know, with Suspiria, I very much wanted to draw from it, but make it kind of like Suspiria meets Charles Ludlum, who was uh, an incredible theater maker of of great uh, hyper dramatic camp spectacle, the theater of the ridiculous. And in the way that I think I found Suspiria funny when I saw it. I guess it could be funny. It would have been much funnier if I'd been with friends, but I was just on my own. Yeah, yeah, I can... I... And there's something really depressing about a movie on YouTube. <laughs> Is that weird? No, you're absolutely correct. It's so depressing. And I wish that, like, there was a, a, a free version that we could have shown people that was higher quality. Which again is why I don't want to put possession on there until that can happen. Possession. Someone pointed out via text or message or something that one of the movies we've neglected to discuss as part of our dance series is The Company by Robert Altman. Yes, I thought we had brought that up at one point. I feel very, I remember seeing it way back in the day with Matthew Rogers and feeling incredibly milk toast about it well what it is unfortunately or not unfortunately is it's such a kind of slice of life with like sort of slightly better lighting mm-hmm. that it's incredibly banal yeah. it's so boring bo- there's no story because it is life it's like oh yeah it is boring to be in a dance company <laughs> and um there are like some characters who say crazy things but just in general it's like you do your thing you go to work you do your show and that's it yeah not as fun for me as black swan the turning point center stage um but though you know robert altman shtick is not to he wants to look at people in their environment the best robert altman has made one of the best films i've ever seen in my life which is called three women have you ever seen that no. That movie, oh my God, Reed. I mean, we should, we should, I'll just save it and we'll review that movie. We, I mean, Altman is a genius and made truly one of the best movies I've ever seen called Three Women. And um, we'll watch it when we have, maybe we'll have uh, a, a curation that's just called Psychological. Yeah. Um, and it can be that. I mean, I also feel like we should have a curation that's just called Isabelle Huppert. Uh where we we go back through and watch those what so while you didn't like Suspiria what was your favorite part I definitely preferred the first part of the movie like when things started to really fall apart I was like like I like the part with the maggots I was like oh no Mm. Um, but I wouldn't call that a favorite part certainly a memorable part the maggots. Um, well, I really well, like that Miss Tanner is, and it's not Miss Tanner, I can't remember the name of the woman who runs the school, but I love that she's like, well, clearly we had ordered this food that we thought was good and it was rotted. And, you know, <laughs> I'm going to fumigate it and everyone's going to sleep on these cots that we have. 
Um, I did like how they set up that highly stylized sleeping area. That was what I was wondering if that'd be your favorite part. Cause I felt like that'd be like your dream of like, look, it's, it's all my friends. We're getting to like be in a sheeted room. Kind of. That's like an old dream of mine. It's kind of fun. But I also liked um, when she went into the locker room for the first time and everybody was standing like one foot apart and that one girl was just up on her toes and the other girl, yes. the Russian girl came up and was like, oh, you can buy my shoes. She's like, well, I don't want to buy them. I just want to wear them today. And the girl was like, are you sure? Right. <laughs> right. I, I liked that part. And I loved the hairdo that the girl had who she went to live with, but then who like they manipulated her to not live with her but the night that she did live with her she had an amazing hairdo and i do also like how the russian boy who has a crush on her is always wearing like incredibly tight jeans italy italy i think my the part that i really i remember when i saw the peacock lamp really shook me and also her i just loved the mural of in that room with like the three flowers Oh, yeah, the irises. Of her, like, figuring out which flower it was, and I loved all of that. (sighs) Maybe if I'd seen it when I was, like, 12 or Yeah, well, I think that's kind of when I saw it. That makes more sense. You know, I saw it as a young person, and I was like, this is amazing. And then when I thought, where where should we start dance from? And it's like, we've already reviewed the 2018 Suspiria. So it felt like, well, we should, you know, go back. And... I do think it is important in horror cult. And uh, so I, and in that way, I, I think it's a, it's a view. It's one to view. Yeah. It's and not, interestingly, it's, I think when I did, when we did, I want you to want me somehow. No one like talked it. about that, that it was like based on Suspiria, but what, so, and you know, whatever, different strokes, different folks. Different strokes, different folks. I mean, now that I think about your interpretation of Madame X, she really was somewhere somewhere between the headmistress and the evil ballet teacher. Yes. I mean, meets literally Martha Graham. Yes. Like, it was also just kind of Martha Graham with a semi-French accent. Which is what was so incredible in the 2018 Suspira when she's like, I saw you at the Martha Graham studios. And I was Mm. like, I can't believe it. I can't You're like, believe did it. he come to my show? Did he come to my show at the kitchen? <laughs> Was he one of the 150 people? <laughs> I mean, that movie had such good clothes. Oh my God. Well, it's, again, as we've, we've said it too many times, the first two thirds are absolutely incredible. And then you should just stop watching the movie. Who did Jessica Walter play in the new one? I think her name's Jessica Harper. Jessica Harper. And she plays the wife of... Uh, the psychiatrist, the older man psychiatrist uh-huh. is played by Tilda Swinton. Yes. Because all of a sudden the movie needs to be about a man and the Holocaust. That's right. Yes. <laughs> wow. Yes. All of a that sudden they were like, enough of this story about women and witches. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, Luca, what were you thinking? Men. I mean, again, Italian men. That was sort of my my question for what you thought about that in terms of the the treatment of of the women, because um, it reminded me of like when I saw "Call Me by Your Name" and I was like, why do all these women feel like they've been like the way they've been shot as if they're like furniture or like a door or like a dish? Uh-huh. 
it was so weird. I was like, the the focus on these men is too too focused. Poor moi. Poor vous. Poor but as toi. people know, I don't really like watching men do things. Um, oh, I went to I went to um, Burr Johnson, our friend, friend of the pod, had a birthday gathering. In, oh, where did he have it? In a it was, very small studio apartment of with thirty uh, people. Uh huh. No, it was in Prospect Park at a place called the Peninsula or something, which was, I'd never been there, but it was so beautiful. I thought, wow, I need to come here more often. It was south in the park near a lake, and it was beautiful, and it was a nice gathering. Maggie Cloud, Megan Wright, Joanna Kotza, Cynthia Coppi, Austin Selden, Stephen Chouet. I think that's how you say his last name. Whoa, I really never said that. Yeah, it was nice, and Burr bought the most delicious lavender cream cheese frosting cupcakes. They were, Remember they were, when he made those for when we shot the thing with Lloyd? Right. The frosting He's, was gray. It was beautiful. It Yeah. He made those amazing lavender uh, cheesecake frosting. Cream cheese. Cream cheese frosting. That's how you say it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so good. Well, happy birthday, Burr. Burr. Burr, it's your oh, birthday. Oh, Lauren Strongen. Lauren Strongen had a birthday as well. Amazing. And also, I needed to make an amendment to last week's episode when I said that I watched the Amy Schumer thing. I want to say that Patricia Delgado and Justin Peck highly recommended the Amy Schumer thing to me, which is why I watched it. So, okay, everybody watch it as per their recommendation. Right, right. Oh, and- also, <laughs> dance. Yes. I saw some dance on television which was the PBS Great Performances filming of Kenneth McMillan's Romeo and Juliet as as directed by um, the ballet boys, who are these retired principal or retired royal ballet dancers um, who have a company in England. But they directed this filming of Romeo and Juliet starring Francesca Haywood and William something. I may be making that name up. But Francesca Haywood. How do I know her? Francesca was the white cat in Cats. Oh, Francesca Haywood. Oh, she was so wonderful in Cats. <laughs> she was, remember? I was like, oh, she gave me a, a tear. <laughs> you did like her. You I did. did like her, even though I was like, whoa, the CGI on those point kitty feet well now now you can watch her with no cgi as a human in romeo and juliet and doing it in these realistic sets or maybe real locations it's hard to say but there are some effective scenes and also scenes where you just think what are you filming you know there's a lot of like dances proper dances happening like in the background and you're like wait you have to shoot the dance because this is a ballet right um but they do effectively create a kind of atmosphere of like oh people just walk in and kind of start dancing and it's you know it's a town scene and you're like oh i get it but um it is odd there are things that need to be rethought um but there's there's a pretty intense fight scene in the pouring rain between Tybalt and Romeo um, that I thought was, I thought it was a good idea to have the rain. It made it really messy and scary. Mm. Yeah. Um, and the, and it rained in West Side Story. 
the the show on Broadway. Yeah, yeah. yeah I do. I do. Remember that? I do. Random yeah. that. Um, <laughs> I remember seeing uh, Praljokaja's Romeo and Juliet uh, years and years and yards ago. Uh-huh. Uh, I, I mean, I was like nineteen. And I saw it at BAM. Wow, talk about an incredibly mediocre choreographer who had a big career. Totally. That was exactly my sentiment. And um, it had an elevator that would, like, go up and down for the Capulet's house. Like, this full kind of elevator thing. And at the end, when Juliet was dead, Romeo comes and, like, danced with her lifeless corpse while she, while the dancer just practiced full release technique. (laughs) <laughs> she just really let herself and then I think he died and then she you know that way and then he she manipulated his corpse body around uh-huh. Uh-huh. well I have to say the person who plays Romeo in this movie is a really exquisite dancer um, so it's oh, worth watching name? that's the thing we don't know well William Bracewell Brace something Bracewell Bracewell William Bracewell I don't know if it's William, but it's definitely Bracewell. Oh, yeah, William Bracewell of, of Bracewell Boots. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's that thing where they had that child prodigy dancer. Jack, so will you watch some of it? Or are you going to look at it? <sighs> you know, I don't really like Shakespeare. Well, no, I, it's awful. I don't really like Romeo and Juliet. And... um. I do, I have really liked some Macmillan dances. But I, I will say just, yes, Macmillan did make some incredible steps. But and also I, I, would, I would refer people to Prince of the Pagodas because the more I watch it, the more I realize that it has some really, really genius passages of phrase work because I think Macmillan was getting bored with ballet and he was like, how weird can I make this? Um, how far can I push it? Um, but Romeo... If you watch any part of it, watch William Bracewell's mandolin solo when Juliet is playing her little mandolin for her friends at, okay. the, ball, at the ball. Yeah. Okay. At William Bracewell of the Bracewell Boots Fortune. Bracewell um, Boots. I was telling someone the other day that when I was in college, Boots, there was a man, William Cradell, who was a beautiful dancer, and he would tack boots onto everything to make it slang. And it was so funny to me. He was always like, oh, my God, that show was Busted Boots. Absolutely. I was <laughs> yeah, I was because while you were in college, I was doing I remember I was in a musical right around that time. And um, Natalie Joy Johnson and John Arthur Hill, John Arthur Hill, who's now on has his own radio show. Hi, hi, John Arthur Hill, if you're listening. I like hi, hi, John And Arthur Natalie Hill. Joy Johnson, who's incredible. They're just like two genius musical theater people. And um, a lot of things was like, I remember one day, I think I had dandruff, and she was like, ooh, girl, snow boots. <laughs> and um, another, That's really good. Another day, the 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 choreographer loved. I mean, me taking it back to Pas de Bure, the choreographer loved a Pas de Bure, and Natalie was like, "I don't know if I can handle any more of these jazz boots." <laughs> jazz boots. One time we did a uh, Jenna. Jenna and I were with the Larla Bovich group in 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 
Spoleto, Italy, and we had rehearsal really late at night on This stage. is your favorite, by the way, Reed, this is your favorite story, I think, in the world. It's so good. And... It's a repeat if you've listened to this show. Yeah, Go on. so we were, we had this tech rehearsal at like 11 p.m. outside on the mm-hmm. stage in Spoleto Amphitheater. And then we got back to the hotel and Jenna and I were just laying there laughing, laughing, laughing. And, and, the sh- and we looked at the program of the show. We were like, what even is this show? And, and it said, Lar Lubavitch dancing jazz. And then Jenna added on, she was like in parentheses, jazz boots at midnight. <laughs> <laughs> some as i get older i appreciate people retelling a story i've heard like 20 times or maybe it's, she said larley Lubavitch dancing jazz ice boots at midnight because it was jazz i, I wasn't it jazz boots. boots on ice at midnight no it's larley Lubavitch dancing jazz ice boots at midnight because she kept yeah. calling her feet ice boots <laughs> yeah well because they were because you were like rehearsing like well in, into the night and it, also you guys were slipping and sliding around that stage yeah, but that was the actual show that's when the show had to stop because we were falling everywhere uh i Do you know so that? what oh, yeah. that's the show that i'd want to watch if if like there was a tape of that up somewhere i'd watch oh, that it must be somewhere in italy it's so disorganized there so it's probably in the trash but uh Elena Ferrante, it's new book. It's so disorganized here. (laughs) (laughs) It really, really is. Oh, God. God, on a wheel. I do really want to see the full documentary of that, which I've only ever seen clips of the... um, the two women, one who I believe was the Hilton, was part of the Hilton family. I mean, it's like the L.A. version of Grey Gardens, uh, which it's those two women. It's a woman who's like, God, on a wheel! Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so incredible. Oh, Royce did, and Marilyn. Royce watch, and Marilyn. Did you watch the Paris Hilton documentary? I haven't. You should. Wonderful. You, you will like it. Of course I will. Yes, I'm very excited for you to watch it. Okay, great. I will. Where is it? What? Uh, what is it on? It is depressingly on YouTube, but it is a high definition film. I, I mean, remember when Paris Hilton had like a music video? No. Oh, she had this music <laughs> video about like she's like I'm going to be president. I can't remember what it was, but it was it. I remember being. Shocked by it. And I think she, like, proudly voted for Trump because she's like, well, I grew up with him. That doesn't come up in the movie. <laughs> oh. But, um, I... She, she was that like, cut that part out. I mean, her and Nicole Richie on Simple Life was really incredible. Full genius. I mean, and the context you get for for who she was at the time that she did A Simple Life, you, it's kind of incredible. She's, I mean, oh my God, it's so wild. When I think of her, my mind drifts to Simple Life and how amazing that was. And also that I'm so happy that the Suzanne Powder Eaten Organic Pear is back up on YouTube. Oh, okay. Also, if you want to see something that's like close to kind of performance art in the mainstream, watch a clip from Drew Barrymore's new talk show. Oh, incredible. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I loved recently... Not even that recently. It was like just this past year. It was her on Instagram pre-COVID. And she's coming up out of the subway around Columbia, which is where I think she lives. 
And she's like, she was like, she turns Monday into like a great thing where she's like, it's magical Monday. Like, let's make this day a really positive day. And I was like, wow, cool. It is Um, remarkable to see her sitting like 12 feet away from guests with no audience. And like, it is bizarre. I will be very interested to hear your take on it. She's sitting 12 feet away from guests because of COVID. Yes. Like across a stage and basically like being like, please Paris talk about your experience with nature school. And then Paris would talk about it. She's like, something you should know is that I share that experience with you. And you're like, what is this show? What's nature school? It's one of those like wilderness prisons where they send bad kids. Oh, wow. Right, right, right. Wow. Did they both get sent there? Uh-huh. Wow. I would have been sent to nature school if my parents had money. No, you wouldn't. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what's interesting is that Paris probably shouldn't have been sent. Right. Her family was just crazy. Yeah. They were like, you went out with a boy. That's evil. And she, Meanwhile, like all the other kids there were like heroin addicts. Right. I was, yeah, she was cool. Nicole Richie was so cool. And the reason I'm thinking of Nicole Richie is because Suzanne Powder, when she's talking about eating an organic pear, she says, I even eat the guts of the pear, but I don't eat the stem because it's too twiggy. Remember her? Remember Twiggy? Wasn't she fabulous? <laughs> you know, I really think Nicole Richie's the new Twiggy. Think about it. Wow, wow, wow. I have that memorized from 2008. I think I messed up a little bit of the lines, but I highly suggest that I think I've been told this back on YouTube. Jamie I Devine believed it. I believe it. I would also recommend watching some of Diane Keaton's Instagram stories um, Mm. because she, she excavates her closet and she'll do demos where she'll set up things. She'd be like, these are my hats or these are my belts. Um, And she also does a lot of cleaning out of her closet. So it's very like, um, demonstration of my wealth slash God slash incredible OCD. When you see her house, you're not going to believe it. Like she, it's only black, white, and gray, everything. And, um, I love that. It's bizarre. Wait till you see. I love, I mean, wow. Beetlejuice house. It is definitely a kind of like country Beetlejuice house. A country... Why? Where does she live in the Hamptons? I don't know where she lives, but it has, like, clapboard. You know, like, it's not like that sort of hard, austere vision of a Beetlejuice house with, like, weird art. It's truly like, oh, this is my my austere barn. I'm taking my doxycycline because I have it's- to... When, when you take doxycycline, you have to try and stay seated up for another hour because it gives you such bad reflux. Okay. And it's been two hours since I've eaten, and so now I need to take this so that I can hopefully go to sleep soon. I want licorice. I want licorice. Don't go out and get it. New York's dangerous. I'm going to go outside, and I'm going to get it and COVID. Mm Mm-mm. Don't do it. Uh Uh-uh. No, I'm going to wear a mask, and I'm going to get licorice. Wow, you're going to go out and get it. Maybe maybe I'm just going to eat some water. And maybe a banana. Yes. I love a banana. Yeah, I just don't have anything sweet in my house right now because I'm, you know. Bananas are sweet. Yeah, they are sweet. 
My body is getting very soft. My body is um, even more Joan Didion. It is, it is like, you know, picture it on a low carb diet. It's really just uh, serving you, serving you Joan Didion realness. I'm not doing that, but I did take, I did actually do class today for the first time in many weeks. That's amazing. Yes. I, I um, just took a long walk. And I got to see horses. Oh. Four horses came up by this fence and we're just standing right there. And we're so beautiful. I would like, horses are amazing. I would like to, to go on a horse ride. Oh, I would love to go on a horse ride too after I don't feel like throwing up. Did I ever tell you that story of when I was at Met Prescott's family ranch one winter for Christmas? No. And um, yeah, I went out to his family's ranch in um, Twin Falls, Idaho a couple times. Jerome, Idaho. They have a cattle ranch. And uh-huh. one day, I guess some fences had come, had been broken down or ice had lifted them out and some cows were moved, drifting. So they wrangled up the cows and got them in the right place and fixed the fence. And we all had to kind of go out and help. And I'm sure, I think Matt's brother had driven me there in the pickup, but then his sister had, had ridden there on a horse. And this is, you know, like a mile and a half outside of their home property. And there was also an ATV, like a four-wheeler. So once all was said and done and we were about to head back home, they were like, Reed, you hop on the horse. Matt and his sister got on the ATV. They were like, just follow us home. And I was like, okay. And when I tell you, like, my horse riding experience had been, like, full, like, English dressage, like, posting and English saddles and, like, cute helmets. I was on a Western saddle of a huge horse, no helmet, in the freezing Idaho winter, galloping across the icy fields, feeling that this might be the end of my life. Was that fun? It was thrilling, I will say. I, I, I've never gone that fast on a horse because I was trying to keep up with the four-wheeler and they just sped away. And as you were galloping, did you like get down then by the horse's neck? Did you like lean down or did you stay seated upright? I think I probably leaned, I pitched forward because of the cold wind and also because I was holding the reins and I felt so unstable that I also held the horn of this, of the saddle because a Western saddle has a very pronounced horn. Um, it does. And I guess it's like, you're not supposed to hold it, but I was like, I'm going to fall. And you had only ridden side saddle up until that point. (laughs) (laughs) That is the only way that I could see you on a horse is coming up side saddle with, um, your left ankle crossed behind your right and like perfect, like pointed beveled feet you know like when i get on a city bike if i'm going down the sidewalks i ride it like that as it like it like side saddle like a scooter i (gasps) that is incredible absolutely i cross i cross the opposite leg behind the pedal foot and i just push away Uh uh-huh that's right that's right side saddle just like you do on your broom Uh, exactly oh my god galloping across the idaho plains that's so beautiful. I hope that's what you dream about tonight. Lately, I've been really hoping that I dream about my friends. Mm-hmm. Like, I try to think of all my friends and that, like, when I sleep, I will be with them all at a party. God, that spooks me out. It's like what my mother used to say. She'd be like, I'd love... When my mother would tuck me into bed, she'd be like, it's time to go to Johnny White's birthday party. Oh, my gosh. And I was like, who's that? And she's like, it's the birthday party you'll go to when you're asleep. Oh, that's so 
Kind of. It always felt spooky to me. But um, I recently had a dream that I was in my house with this dog, and the dog was looking at me very concerned. And it mm. kind of led me into the bathroom, and it had set up a kind of arrangement of like rubber bands and balls and things that a dog wouldn't have been able to do, uh, and sort of hanging on hooks, etc. And it was at that moment I realized that I was um, taking care of this dog, but I had not been feeding it because I forgot. Oh, so it it hung up rubber bands and things to let you know that you needed to feed it? It was just, it was trying to communicate with me through symbols. Wow, that's so nice. I love that it communicated through rubber bands and what have you. Yes, it was nice. I mean, it was scary because I felt really alarmed that I had harmed this someone else's dog. Right. There's that amazing story of like Gwyneth Paltrow and Winona Ryder. I think Gwyneth was house sitting for Winona and... Her dog killed Winona's dog. Oh, my God. And she just, like, left. I know. Some- that might be, like, urban legend. I remember being on a film shoot. I mean, not a film shoot, a commercial shoot in L.A. And, like, the director of photography telling me all these, like, horror stories about people in L.A. I know somebody who has a Great Dane. And they took their dog home to see their parents. And the Great Dane killed the parents' dog incredible and do you know how it killed it it shook it to death it (laughs) it kicked it into a wall (laughs) so terrible it was a really small dog I'm not I can't it's so horrible. It's really uh, <laughs> horrible. <laughs> it's terrible. It's awful. It's awful. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? It didn't even mean to do it. Oh, it didn't mean to. It just... I mean, it did. It said you're bothering me, but it didn't like it didn't like bite it or anything. I can't even picture. It's like the thing. It's also like it might have done it with its head, like a headbutt, you know? I see. I because I really couldn't picture it. It was picturing a Great Dane kicking with just one leg. You know how horses kick with their back legs? That is so different than what I was picturing. I was picturing like with its front paw, oh, no. like <laughs> like upwardly smacking like a pomeranian. I think it was something in that in that universe. A small fluffy dog that yeah. just like hits a wall. Ugh. Yeah, it's awful. That is awful. So sad. I really and I and it, it I love small dogs. I want one. I love them too. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. Well well, ladies and gentlemen, there's our movie review. (laughs) An in-depth review of Suspiria One and the sequel. (laughs) A completely in-depth filmic (laughs) critique analysis. Really good. Really good. So good. Yeah, really good. Glad you tuned in, everybody. Oh, um, my God. Yeah, yeah. 
Well, I'm going to watch... Um, I don't know what I'll watch. I love Lovecraft Country so much, so maybe I'll try to watch some of that before I go to bed. I, and, I think um, you should start the, the Paris Hilton. Okay. All right. I'll try, maybe I'll try and watch that. Um, I love you. Love um, you, too. You're going to get better soon. Thank you. And ladies, from another, another don't forget, we loves you. And we'll see you, hear you, feel you next week. Feel you, feel me, touch me, breathe me. What is that? Wait, 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 wait. Wait. Feel me, touch me, breathe me. (laughs) (laughs) We sang a song of boy choir with something like that. That's awful. I don't want, like... Oh. The boys to be singing, feel me, touch me, breathe me. That is nasty. No. No. Uh, I think it was in like a hymn. <laughs> yeah, it does. It is. Oh, it's Godspell or Jesus Christ Superstar. It's one of those where it's like, touch me, feel me, I'm Jesus. Yeah, it's not definitely not Godspell what I'm talking about, but it's definitely from a hymn. Well, I think it got used in Godspell or Jesus Christ Superstar, you know, when they like flipped through like Bibles and hymns and were like, well, that's a good lyric. Yeah. Um, maybe I'll try to. Which do you prefer, Jesus Christ or Godspell? I mean, Jesus Christ Superstar or Godspell? I know nothing of either of those and don't care to ever see them. Hmm. I think Jesus Christ Superstar is the <laughs> one good thing Andrew Lloyd Webber ever made. Wow. Um, and it's. Oh, it's fine for musical, and but Phantom of the Opera um, is very important for eleven-year-old gay boys. Very. Oh my god! I mean, I could sing all of Christine Daae's notes up until I was like twelve. Yeah, it's so important. It was so important, um, but it is a truly terrible musical. And <laughs> um, <laughs> also, what's so astonishing is that Christine Brightman is like one of the richest people in the world and one of the most talentless singers alive. Uh, remember when she went to outer space to sing, though? Well, she wanted to, for sure. Uh, she didn't do it? I thought she did it. I, I don't think she did. I think she did it. I truly think it I'm was... I'm literally going to Google it before we go, because our listeners need to know. I think Christine Brightman went into outer space Sarah, to be like... Sarah, Sarah Brightman. Sarah Brightman, right. Her, Christine Daae, Sarah Brightman equals Christine Brightman. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I Googled Sarah Brightman space. She announced Wednesday... That she's postponing her trip to space for $52 million 10 day trip aboard the International Space Station will be pushed back due to personal family reasons, according to a statement posted to her Facebook page. Brightman did not even begin her training until January, thus, from 2015. Brightman is not going to space, calls off space trip, canceled her trip to space. So she was definitely gonna go to space. Wow. So what you're reading is from 2015. Well, all the articles from all the years are about not going to, are not going to space. <laughs> I love it. What a long, uh, non-adventure. Yes, but I guess it was in 2015 that the trip was canceled. Because I really remember in 2012 being like, oh my God. She's going to space. 
She's going to space. And there are just incredible pictures of her with her, like, crazy Botox face in a space helmet. Well, and also I just remember her hair, maybe, like, a floating image, and I was like, I'm into this. Um, isn't Anya even more rich? Anya lives in a palace. Oh, I love it. Um, okay, on that note, uh, good night. Good night. Okay.